Welcome to episode 36 of Crime Time for Thursday, January 17th on FayObserver.com, featuring Fayetteville Observer Police and crime reporter Nancy McCleary. I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories in the news. And a reminder, anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. I just brought a buddy of mine over to his, some of his friend's house, and we knocked on the door, and um, nobody answered, and the door was unlocked. He just opened it to holler in, and there's somebody laying at the front door all bloody. That's the voice of an unidentified man who called 911 on Friday, January 11th. He and a co-worker had just found the bodies of 22-year-old Jocelyn Perkins, her sister, 20-year-old Jasmine Perkins, and her six-month-old daughter. The three had been killed inside the residence off Buffalo Lake Road near the Carolina Lakes Golf Course. A three-year-old girl was found unharmed. Hello? Yeah, ain't, I don't see nobody. There's a baby here, too. There's a baby on scene? Yeah. Is the baby okay? Yes, ma'am, the baby is okay. Yeah, I see him, baby. I see him. I'm looking around to see if there's anybody else. Anybody else in here? There's uh, somebody's in the floor here, too, ma'am. There's more than one there's person? two bodies. Two bodies? Yes, ma'am. Uh, there's a baby care here with blood all in it. Oh, my God. What is it? Oh, my God. What's wrong, sir? The baby is dead, too. The baby is dead? Late Saturday night, January 12th, we learned that 24-year-old Kareem Taylor had been arrested and charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Taylor lived at the residence. The Observer's Nancy McCleary has been following this case during the week. First, let's talk about Kareem Taylor, the man charged with the murders. What do we know about him, his connection to the people he is accused of killing? Um, well, Kareem Taylor is currently being held in the Harnett County Detention Center without bail, according to the Sheriff's Office. Taylor made his first court appearance Monday, January 14th, and Harnett County Sheriff Wayne Coates said that Taylor showed no remorse during his court appearance. Now, Sheriff Coates has said the killings were domestic-related. Taylor apparently lived with the sisters and the infant in the house on Forest Manor Drive. He was the father, so they said, of Jocelyn Perkins' six-month-old daughter. And the sheriff said he did not know why the three-year-old was left alive. Um, And the child, as I recall, is a relative of the sisters, I think. Well, you know, that child was turned over to social services last Friday being cared for, and that's good to hear. Let's talk a little bit about the crime scene itself, Nancy. We heard uh, snippets from that 911 caller saying there was blood everywhere. That Boy, that'll send chills up your spine. What else do we know about this case? Well, the best description of the crime scene came from Sheriff Coates when he described the killings as the worst he'd seen in his 24 year of law enforcement. And he called it an unspeakable, monstrous act. Sheriff Coates didn't provide any details of the scene, um, which probably is a good thing. Yes. Um, we do know from the 911 call that one of the women's bodies was found near the front door. 
Another body was found on the floor inside the house, and the infant's body was found in a bedroom. Investigators have not disclosed a motive for the slayings, nor have they said how the three died. Autopsies, uh, they were still awaiting results of autopsies um, as of this broadcast. Okay. Now, law enforcement obviously began a hunt for Kareem Taylor pretty soon after the bodies had been discovered inside the house. They asked for the public's help. Uh, Tell us a little bit, how was he captured? Well, he was found in a house in Cameron nearly 12 hours after the bodies were discovered. Um, A resident of that neighborhood in Cameron, who did not want to be identified, told Fayetteville Observer reporter Steve Devon that Taylor had banged on the door of a house on Constitution Way um, about 3 a.m. This, again, is in a Cameron uh, address area. Um, But that he knocked on the door of this house about 3 a.m. Friday, January 11th. And that person that Steve Devon talked with said that Taylor was wearing only boxer shorts and sneakers. And he told the people in the house that he had been in a fight with another man. Investigators received a tip about Taylor's location. They went to this residence in Cameron, and after a standoff that reportedly lasted several hours, Taylor was arrested. Now, we've since learned that Taylor already was dealing with uh, some legal issues before his arrest for these murders. That's correct. Um, Taylor had been arrested on March 28th after a vehicle vehicle chase involving Harnett County deputies. According to court documents, he was charged with four counts of assault with a deadly weapon on a government official, hit and run, and injury to personal property. At the time of his arrest on the murder charges, he was out of jail having posted the $150,000 bail. He was was out. He had put up whatever he needed to. Well, I'll tell you what, Nancy. Anytime you have a veteran law enforcement officer such as uh, Sheriff Coates, who's certainly done it a long time, describe a crime scene as one of the worst of their career, it is bad. Mm -hmm. We will continue to follow this story. On last week's Crime Time, we talked about the search for Zavargo Kenta Jenkins, who was being sought by Fayetteville Police and other agencies. Did they get their man? Indeed, they did. Uh, Mr. Jenkins was captured on Monday, January 14th on Thelbert Drive, according to court documents. Fayetteville Police and U.S. Marshals were looking for um, Jenkins on 17 charges, ranging from armed robbery to shooting into a home to simple possession of drugs. He was wanted by federal authorities for allegedly violating conditions of his supervised release. Well, we're certainly not going to list all 17 charges, but if you could, Nancy, just refresh our memory. Give us a a list, maybe some of the crimes that Jenkins has been accused. Well, he he is accused of of robbing a man at gunpoint um, on January 3rd, and this occurred on Colonial Drive between Ramsey and North Streets. Um, he allegedly demanded money from from the victim, the man, and shot him. And uh, the injury was not life-threatening, police said. Um, and then he is also, Mr. Jenkins is also accused of shooting into his own residence on Seabrook Road on December 15th. While it was occupied, obviously, by somebody other than him. That's right. Um, 
officers responded to the shooting, but Jenkins, Mr. Jenkins, had already fled when they arrived. Now, you mentioned the, the federal charges. What, what's up with that? Well, in 2006, Mr. Jenkins pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court for Eastern North Carolina to possession of a firearm by a convicted felon and possessing with intent to distribute crack, according to court documents. He was sentenced to 14 years in prison and three years of supervised release. He was released from prison in, 2000, in December 2017. Uh, Jenkins' bail was set at $425,000 following his arrest on January 14th. It was the morning of November 5th when 13-year-old Hanya Aguilar was kidnapped from in front of her home in Lumberton. The story did not have a happy ending, unfortunately. Uh, Hanya was found dead on November 27th outside Lumberton. Lumberton police are putting together their case against Michael Ray McClellan. He is accused of kidnapping, raping, and killing the teenager. Um, As Captain Terry Parker of the Lumberton Police Department says... Um, investigators are trying to strengthen the case and they want to fill in some gaps in a timeline um, about Mr. McClellan's activities. Um, he had already been arrested on unrelated charges of robbery and kidnapping on November 13th. So he was already in custody when he was charged in Hanya's case. But what Lumberton police are trying to do now is to track mcclellan's whereabouts and what he may have been doing between november 4th which was the day before hanya was taken and november 13th the day he was arrested on the unrelated charges anything in particular they're looking for any information well lumberton police and the fbi and that's f as in federals um, are asking if anyone saw mcclellan possessing any of the following a weapon a yellow bandana two small TV monitors that fit in the headrest of a vehicle, white Adidas sneakers with three black stripes and distinctive colorful stitching, and a yellow cinch sack that McClellan was known to carry. Also, anyone who has any photos of McClellan with the sack or any photos of him from September, October, or November, if you have any or have seen him with any of these items, um, please call the Lumberton Police Department at 910-671-3845 or 910-671-3846. And I'll just add, Nancy, on, on cases like this, this one that we're talking about now, or any of these cases, if you think you might have seen something and not sure or something just uh, something, something just, just didn't, didn't look strike right. You right. Just like, yeah. Call. I mean, exactly. the only thing they can, you know, they'll, they'll check it out. And it, it better that, you know, you if you think something doesn't look right, call because yeah. you never know. Yeah, that that's true in this case, in all cases. Now, McClellan is being held without bail at Central Prison in Raleigh. However, Nancy, there has been further developments in this case. Well, that's that's true. Um, the Robinson County Sheriff's Office on Thursday, January 17th, 17th announced that investigator Daryl McFadder has been fired following an internal investigation. And um, this um, this has to do with the 2016 rape case. Um, 
that involved McClellan. Um, and, and this investigator, Daryl McFadder, um, he was involved and he was fired. And Major Anthony Thompson, who at that time was the head of major crimes, he initially, um, when this investigation began after this uh, came out about the warrants not having ever been served, um, Major Thompson was demoted. Um, well, he was demoted when Bernice Wilkins took mm-hmm. office. He was sent to be a a jailer in the detention center and then once this investigation started and he was suspended he has since tendered his resignation yeah he resigned thompson resigned january 9th following a career in law enforcement of almost 35 years the robinson county sheriff's office announced thursday january 17th that mcfatter had been fired that's right last month um in december Retiring Robinson County District Attorney Johnson Britt said investigators had evidence linking McClellan to the 2016 rape, but the sheriff's office failed to follow up. Well, there was another highway patrol trooper shooting in the news this past week. Nancy Trooper Daniel Harrell was shot uh, on Monday, January 14th in Wilson County during a traffic stop. Fortunately, Trooper Harrell was released from the hospital on Wednesday. Three men are facing charges in connection with the incident. Now, the reason I bring that up closer to home, a judge has ruled that District Attorney John David can seek the death penalty in the October shooting death of Trooper Kevin Connor. That occurred in Columbus County near Whiteville. Um, Chauncey Askew is charged with first-degree murder. District Attorney David said in court that Askew was the one driving the stolen vehicle and was responsible for pulling the trigger. Askew Askew's legal team said there was no evidence to back that claim and also said his client is not competent to stand trial because he um, apparently has a um, a low IQ. Yeah. Um, Mentally incompetent, I guess, would be the legal way to, to put that. I would say challenged. Okay. But that's just me. Um, but any, anyway, back to yes. this. The judge disagreed and allowed, and allowed for it to be a capital case because of the aggravated factors that are involved. Now, a second man also was charged in the shooting, Raheem Davis. He was indicted for accessory after the uh, fact of first-degree murder. His first-degree murder charge has been dropped in the case. Well, that's a wrap. How about that? It's episode 36 of Crime Time for Thursday, January 17th. We welcome your comments and suggestions for Crime Time. We look forward to it. That's right, and you can reach me, Nancy McCleary. How many C's is that? That's two. Okay. Two. Two C's in one. <laughs> Name. Um, it's two C's in McCleary. Yeah. M-C-C-L-E-A-R-Y, in case you wondered. Um, and you can reach me by email at N McCleary with the said aforesaid two C's at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at F-O underscore McCleary. And you can reach me, Sonny Jones, by email at sjones at fayobserver.com or on Twitter at F-O Sonny Jones. Again, thanks so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of Crime Time.